Inside Vegas is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Inside Vegas podcast, as well as the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. Use promo code SGP50 to receive a 50% deposit bonus today. Inside Vegas is also brought to you by OddShark. OddShark has the latest betting trends available nowhere else, as well as betting picks from their supercomputer. Check out all of their quality content and betting trends at OddShark.com. What up? It's your boy CP here with episode nine of the Inside Vegas podcast. And today we're going to be talking to Timothy Lawson, who is the creator of a new sports gambling podcast titled The Better Life. And what we're going to be doing today is talking about all things podcasting, to be honest, which is a little bit of a little inception for you. Um, But we want to take a look at kind of what the landscape of podcasting has done to social media, um, both from a Vegas and a social media perspective. Uh, We kind of break into detail what, you know, having these odds makers on different podcasts in the space kind of does from an advantage perspective for a player, or if we feel that it is an advantage to have kind of different odds makers uh, come on and say, you know, so-and-so was sharp and so-and-so was square and, and kind of where bets are going and all all kinds of things like that. Tim is an absolutely awesome, awesome person, a great person for this. He's been in the podcasting space at different areas for the better part of the last decade, really, the last 10 years. Um, so he's the absolute perfect person to kind of break into, break into this space and kind to talk about where things are going um, with upcoming legalization um, and, and kind of if anyone is looking to get into the podcasting world, uh, basically talking about what you know what it kind of takes and what makes a, an all-around good sports gambling podcast, um, for lack of a better term. Um, as well as, again, what, what to expect on his new podcast, The Better Life, uh, which I was, we did kind of a home and home. I was kind of, I did the, I was a guest on his uh, podcast. Um, so I had, in turn, I had him on ours and we kind of did a more broad uh, view of, again, all things podcasting and the effect that it has on sports gambling um, and the scene in general. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, before we get into that, uh, the Inside Vegas podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast and the Inside Vegas podcast. It is also brought to you by Odd Shark. Odd Shark is available at OddShark.com on Twitter at OddShark, and you can get picks from the supercomputer as well as fantastic trends and information not found anywhere else. So without further ado, let's break into it. Joining me now is Timothy Lawson, who's creator of a great new podcast titled The Better Life. Tim, how are you today? I, I I'm wonderful. I am wonderful. It's uh, you know, when, when NFL dies down, there's a little bit of like, Oh, but then you remember like, Oh snap. <laughs> you have, you, you know, the, the March madness is right on the corner. The masters is coming and then NBA playoffs. And then, uh, and then I enjoy betting baseball. So I, I am actually looking forward to the summer. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Baseball is, is one of my, it's always been kind of my one a to, uh, to UFC and then football after that. But baseball to me, especially while living in Las Vegas is the day to day of being in a sports book and betting baseball or, or kind of betting on the go to me is, 
a lot of people don't like it because it's it's kind of a money line sport. If you don't attack totals that way, it can kind of turn people off having to lay a little bit of juice sometimes if you're not kind of an underdog player. But baseball to me, day in, day out, especially in the summertime when it's absolutely gorgeous out is, is kind of my happy place in this little betting world that we have. Yeah, absolutely. So you are you have been in the podcasting space for uh, how long is it now? Uh, I want to say late 2011, uh, early 2012 is when I when I first started getting into podcasting. Right. And so the topic of this kind of podcast is in that I wanted to look at kind of the influence of podcasting. That may, may seem kind of ironic that we're doing a podcast when we talk about podcasting and that we could have kind of talked with Sean and Ryan or, or anyone on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. But I want to get somebody that was basically a, a podcasting pro at this point, which is exactly what you are. So um, let's just get a little bit of, of kind of your story and how you got into the podcasting space and just kind of start from the beginning to kind of where you are today and creating uh, a great new podcast in the sports gambling world titled The Better Life. Yeah, so uh, I got out of the Marine Corps in uh, September 2011. Uh, I came home. I had a I had a blog that I was doing on relationships, which let me tell you was not the thing that I should have been talking about at the time. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was it was something I was doing. I was interested in it, and a friend of mine was like, "Hey, have you ever thought about podcasting?" And at the time, I think he was really into uh, Kevin Smith's podcast and, and a handful of others, and. Um, I, I was familiar with podcasting more as what radio shows produced their content into. I didn't really think about like original podcasts. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try it. I bought a $10 stick mic from uh, from Best Buy. And it, w- it wasn't even a USB. It was the 3.5 millimeter <laughs> jack mic. Oh, right? cool. like that, yeah. So like th- that, that isn't even an option on my computer anymore. Right. And so... Um, and no editing whatsoever, but people listened to it because podcasting wasn't a thing, right? People weren't there. Everybody didn't have a podcast. And so um, the barrier to entry um, was, was just as low as it was. You had to know a little bit more, but um, if you could get people like even somewhat interested in your topic, people would listen because there wasn't a lot out there. There wasn't a lot of competition. And then some friends of mine started a, a brand called Veteran Empire, uh, which was a lifestyle brand for for military veterans. And uh, right away, like I asked them, I was like, "Hey, let me do a podcast for you. Let me use your platform, and then I'll help you promote. I'll promote it through through the podcast." We made that mutual agreement, um, and that's when I really fell in love with the podcasting. Uh, interviewing people was fun. Networking through interviewing people was was awesome. Um, getting the opportunity to talk to people that I wouldn't otherwise, right? And and then I was hooked. Um, a, fr- a friend of mine uh, and myself started a podcast called Tim and Brandon's Bromantic Comedy. We did that for a while. Uh, Tim and Derek do what they want, which was a, a sort of a grab bag topic podcast I did with another one of my friends. And then um, you know I, I was sort of a serial podcaster, trying some things. Things were working. Some things weren't. And then uh, I started a podcast called One Too Many Veteran Suicide, which was to, to help address the, um, you know, the, the national crisis of veteran suicide. And, um, and that's, that's sort of when I realized that I knew what I was doing. I was good at what I was doing and that, and that people were, uh, that people admired, um, you know, sort of my, my approach because uh, that show definitely, um, you know, with, along with its importance, uh, helped my, my reputation in the space. Um, and then... Uh, you know, I, I have a, a couple other ones that I still do that one, uh, that, that podcast now, but, 
Um, just recently, um, or I should go back my last year in the Marine Corps, I wanted to listen to a show about sports betting. And so I searched podcasting and I found a couple podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I, that's how I got familiar with Gil Alexander and, and, and his, his work. And then fast forward to now, I did the same thing recently with recreational gambling. I was like, man, there's gotta be a podcast out there that talks about, you know, going like just enjoying the casino, playing craps. And sure enough, I did that. And I found some podcasts like that. And, and, and then finally, and so I was inspired to do the better life because um, one, I wanted to contribute to the to the recreational gambling community, and no one was really no one was really intersecting the three main silos of gambling, right? Which would be sports betting, poker, and then and then table games, right? Or, or mm-hmm. pretty much everything else in the casino. And and as someone who enjoys all three of those things and is connected to all three of those things, um, I decided to launch the better life, and here we are now. That's absolutely awesome. And speaking to kind of how you got started in the veteran space. And again, some people know this, some people don't. Um, I was also a veteran. I was in the Coast Guard for nine years right out of high school. And and to do and kind of get involved in that space is especially from the podcasting world where the government and the veterans, it's not usually kind of when you think veterans and you think military, you definitely don't think podcasting. So right. Kudos to you for, for kind of getting involved in that space and, and talking about some pretty serious veterans issues that that arise every day. But um, so on a, on a lighter note, that that is um, what do you think the this this kind of always fascinates me? Right. in the fact that podcasting now has it's almost the cream will always rise to the top. Right. In this generation of kind of anyone can do it. Um, I, I really firmly believe that. But do you feel that it's oversaturated? It's undersaturated? It's just right. Or do you feel that, you know, the fact that anyone can do it is both good and bad? Or, or kind of what is your take on kind of the the temperature of podcasting in sports gambling today? Um, yeah, so I, I think that um, as for, just from the podcasting point of view, I think that the ind- like podcasting in general is definitely oversaturated. And I think when with just in sports betting, um, I, I still think there's room for more niche, um, more niche type stuff, but people coming in and, and give it and trying to do a podcast is primarily going to talk about, you know, NFL and college, ba- college basketball. Like there's, I, I can go to a lot of, a lot of places for that. And mm-hmm. I think we're, I think we're where the, anyone can do it. I think where that is hurting the sports betting podcast space is, if someone is new to these shows and isn't familiar with some of the bigger names and they come and they find they may get misled really quickly by someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about, but just wants to have a podcast and also likes to bet on sports credibility. Right. Exactly. And then, so they may end up ruining the credibility of the rest of the space because like, Oh, well, these guys don't know what they're talking about. They're just on here uh, doing what, and then, and then once he's mixed touts in, in, in the midst of it. And and by tout, I always mean someone who is marketing pick selling, not someone who is like selling investment opportunities. Right. Right. Um, And once you throw that in the mix, everybody's got a bad taste in their mouth. And, um, (laughs) and I, I think, I think where, and I've talked to several sports betters about this, where podcasting and social media are really making this uh, difficult to enjoy this space is everybody is so determined to be right. Everybody is so determined to be the person with the best info, the best insight. And honestly, I can't stand listening or following those people. It's the people that, that have credible 
um, research or influence on their picks and then recognizes when something didn't go right because that's reality, right? And so those are the people that I would that I would uh, you know follow more. And and that's that's where this you know I'd like to hear your thoughts on this as well. That's that's where I think that both social media and podcasting and sports betting is really making it difficult to enjoy because everybody's coming in trying to like fight each other. Exactly. And what I would add to that is the best podcasts out there are not picks driven podcasts. Anybody can can get a microphone, like you said, a $10 microphone at Best Buy, start a podcast or open up a Twitter account um, and give their picks and whether they're they're good or they're bad or, or that's kind of irrelevant. The point that, you know, content will always be king. And to me, it's always the why more than the what. I, you know, I don't care if you picked Syracuse minus four and it won or lost, but the the content and the thought process behind it is what I believe is kind of the future, especially with legalization coming, um, because I really feel like the space, you know, coming from its its in fact infancy of when there was only you know a couple uh, sports gambling podcasts. I mean, now there's there's a, a lot of them, and I firmly believe that they're only going to get bigger, um, especially with companies uh, that are kind of doing podcasting. Um, you know, as basically the driving force of their revenue, you know, companies like Barstool Sports who are, you know, notoriously kind of big gamblers um, yeah. or, you know, ESPN Chalk, uh, the behind the bets one, um, bet the board with uh, Todd Furman. Um, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of them, of course, <laughs> sports gambling podcasts. Uh, but I, you know, this space, I believe, is, is truly going to explode, especially with legalization coming. Um, and again, I always believe that content is king. And if you're good, you will be noticed. That's just kind of the nature of how, you know, back in the day if you were you know say a rapper um you, you had to get the right person to hear your hear your stuff right hear your songs um with this new platform of of the internet and and twitter it that's not the case anymore if you're good you will be heard it's it's just that simple um so uh, the space to me is is in kind of uh, it's not in its infancy anymore, um, but it's not, I don't think it's half as big as, as it will be in the future. Um, do you believe that same thing as kind of if legalization kind of takes off that, you know, the way that I want to kind of tie this back together is there's not really radio for sports gamblers, right? There's, there's podcasts and that's really it. If you live in Las Vegas, there is ESPN Las Vegas, um, but it's still a little bit archaic in that it's a little bit uh, pick touty and it's the 1-800 numbers and it's call this for this lock. Um, but do you kind of think that it will take the next step once legalization happens? Yeah. So I, I think that, I mean, look, look, even up to, you know, five, six years ago, you could hear Al Michaels at the end of a Sunday night football game. When there's a, when there's a garbage time touchdown scored, Al Michaels would be like, Oh, that touchdown matters to somebody. Yeah. Right. And he, and he was referring to the point spread and, and, and <clears throat> now this year, right. They just blatantly say what the point spread is, right. They, they might <laughs> yeah. say what, you know, and, and it's not even legal yet. And so, um, bigger networks that have shied, shied away from talking about, about gambling even outside of ESPN are starting to embrace it more. They're allowing their, their, um, their, uh, analysts, their, their play by plays to, to, to mention that stuff. And I think once it becomes legal, I think that some of the, some people that would shy away from it are going to embrace it a little bit more, at least allow their people to talk about it where, where I, where I don't think what I think Podcasts, I think, will boom. I think, I think networks will have a a specific like sports betting podcast that they might start doing, or that they or a program. When it comes to like live radio or anything like that, I think, I think they'll just, I think they'll put sports betting into their programming, but not necessarily maybe you know, because like 
even like VEASAN, right? The Vegas Stats and Information Network. It's not top to bottom sports betting. It's top to bottom mm-hmm. sports with sports betting sprinkled through it, right? It with right. a lot of it, they're just looking through the lens of sports betting. It's it's incredibly difficult to talk all about what possible plays to make and not make. Um, I think that. Um, oh man, I had a thought that uh, that just escaped me. That's um, okay. Yeah, I think where um, I think. Oh, talking about the growth of it and, and, and directing people to what's good. Word of mouth is still the best marketing tool in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's especially important uh, when in, in today's world where you're pumped with ads and, ad, and, and recommendations for all this sort of stuff. You don't know how to, you know, it, I follow things like even when I'm curious about something, I'll go on Facebook and ask my friends, Hey, what do you use for this? Or when you, when you do this, how do you, you know, and I will follow the recommendations of my friends. And I think that's where, uh, the cream will, will rise to the top is that as new shows are coming out, people that are, that are listening to them to see, to check them out, they will only get recommended if they're good. And if you and those are the ones that'll keep getting listens and, um, you know, some people's reputation will precede them regardless. But mm-hmm. um, I think in general, if you put out a good product <clears> in this space, if you put out a product with integrity, um, people will respect it and they'll recommend you and, and you'll you'll survive. I completely agree. And and to go over a couple of things you just said, so there's a lot of good points in there. Uh, so a company like ESPN to me is is very funny because they have uh, Chris Felica uh, literally give his against the spread picks for college. Um every single ESPN college game day. Um, and they will talk blatantly open about what the point spreads are. He will make his picks, which, you know, in this, if people that do not are not a fan of sports gambling, collegian and NCAA is like the taboo of all taboos to bet on, you know, 18, 19 year old kids, which is, it's absolutely backwards to me the way that ESPN does it because they're all about college football gambling, but they will not even mention the fact that it exists for an NFL Sunday to me. So that was, this is something that's kind of always, I don't want to say driven me crazy. It's not like it's keeping me up at night, but I've always found that so interesting and so odd that they're basically backwards on it when, you know, NCAA is, is so against, um, Gambling. Did I don't know if you saw this, but NCAA.com when you printed out their brackets this year, that right in the center, like their their kind of centerpiece of every one of their brackets said NCAA don't or do not bet on it. Did you see that this year? Oh, I did not notice that. I'll send it to you. It's yeah. So their printable brackets literally said like in the middle, it said NCAA like with their blue logo and then under it said do not bet on it or don't bet on it. I'll show it to you. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, so that to me was always kind of odd. Um, and I'm glad that you brought up Vison because Vison is to me, it's absolutely amazing. First and foremost, there's so many good people over there doing amazing things. Um, you touched on Gil Alexander and, and so many people over there doing great things. Um, Vison is kind of the next logical progression. I really believe that. Um, that's basically, a, I mean, it's on Sirius, it's streaming on vison.com, but it's basically the next logical progression in that it's a 24-hour sports, again, you talked about how it's not just sports gambling, but I would say it's kind of the main aspect of it. Um, do you think that more companies will kind of adapt that in that maybe there's, you know, a, a vison that is, you know, CBS Sports or ESPN Chalk maybe goes full-time with that, um, with legalization coming, or do you believe it'll just kind of, you know, they'll be kind of, in the same way that kind of daily fantasy kind of boomed that um, when gambling becomes legal that that will kind of be their next progression and just kind of have one you know tab that is gambling and sports handicapping or do you think it will kind of go everyone will kind of follow suit with what vison did um i so 
I don't I don't know if we'll see people I don't I don't know if we'll see necessarily uh, we'll, we'll definitely see copycats of Vison right because people that Vison is there and it works exactly and where I think that in you know I've I've talked to other, I've talked to people about this I think where Vison needs to um you know Vison has to be hyper aware of the fact that the legalization of sports betting is going to bring in copycats and it's going to bring in people that are tr- going to try to do it and they're going to try to do it better and mm-hmm. so um you know Obviously, Veasan has Brent Musburger at the helm, uh, or at least as their as their um, their biggest anchor, and I, I think that that uh, um, helps them in, in a big way. But um, you know, you get like look at the Action Network, you know, Chad uh, uh, Chad Millman's network. I think that yep. you know th- they're onto something there. Um, I you know Barstool, you know, incor- incorporates a lot of that stuff. I think you're going to see just about every sports network out there include, like you mentioned, at least a gambling tab here. If you're if you're into our content, awesome. If you're into betting, here's some stuff specifically for you. Um, it's going to be difficult to get people. Um, and and this is where I think serious sports betters like you and I uh, maybe differ. I think this is how we maybe view the industry a little different than maybe a recreational better who only bets when they go to Vegas um, or 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 whatnot. Um, is not you know you and I look for opportunities in just about any situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know Donald Trump and and Joe Biden are are threatening to fight each other. Uh, <laughs> on the internet, and the first thing I thought was, "Well, how can we get action down on?" <laughs> on yeah, that? Barstool put out a thing saying that they wanted them to fight on their rough and rowdy. I don't know if you know what rough and rowdy is. Have you seen yeah. that? Barstool is? Yeah, that's what they yeah. were saying that they. That's that would be how we could do it. Mybookie.ag will probably throw up some odds for it. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I think Trump would be the favorite just out of, out of reputation. I'd take Biden. Just I, th- I think Biden's got the <laughs> puncher's chance, right? Uh, <laughs> but um, I think that. Um, you know, and so you will get plenty of that, but networks are going to have a hard time putting together content, even for eight hours a day, Um, even for even daily. Um, Look at the dog days of summer. Now, you know, like for you and me, baseball is fun betting. Um, I like betting soccer. Um, I like betting WNBA. And so there's right there. And then UFC is going on throughout the year. There's four opportunities right there for me on a daily basis to, to possibly uh, find a place to get action down for someone who just wants to bet their, their Boston teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they might buy, bet the Red Sox, but other than that, like during the summer, what are they going to do? Right. You know? Right. And so, you know, how, how are sports networks going to, going to get a hold of them now? Um, I have learned that uh, the recreational sports better is more involved um, than they were five, 10 years ago. Um, and so I do think yeah, that I agree. Yeah. And so with, with access to lines, I think you'll get the person that I just, I, I just referenced um, interested in betting other things, but you still have to entice them to under like to want to bet it and know how to bet it and why to bet it. And um, you know, when you're taught, when you're trying to, get, you know, get real content, uh, um, outside of baseball during the months of July and August, it's going to be difficult for a lot of networks. Um, and so, uh, going back to your question, I think we see a lot of gambling tabs. I think we see a lot of sports betting angles and perspectives. Um, I think we only see a couple really good and true networks and outlets solely focusing on sports betting and putting together, content that really only looks through that lens. 
I completely agree. And that's a look at the future. Um, so I want to go back and kind of talk about the present right now in, in podcasting in this space. So for someone that's, that's created podcasts for as long as you, as, as long as you have, um, how do you kind of use podcasts, um, in your day-to-day handicapping or do you not, or do you just kind of have it on in the background while you're kind of handicapping and doing your thing or, or how do they kind of affect how you handicap? Yeah. So, you know, I have a, I have a day job. Um, I have a, a wife in a home. Uh, I can't, I, I can't handicap all day, right? Like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't follow line movements. I can't, I can't. Oh, you, mean you have responsibilities in this world. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. I, I became an adult, which let me tell you, being an adult was the biggest scam anybody had ever <laughs> sold me. My goodness. Um, and so I, I make a lot of my wagers based on information that I get compared with how I feel instinctively about a such an event and then how I understand value to happen. Right. So, um, and, and to, to be more specific, I listen to VEASAN. I listen to the podcast we mentioned, bet the board, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, and everybody has an opinion, every, and a lot of, and a, a good podcast will back up their opinion. Right. And so yeah. you get to hear their perspective and why, and, I pay enough attention to sports to know that, Oh, that's a good point. Or uh, I'm not sure if I agree with that. And if I don't agree with something, I'm not bucking it or fading it. It may just take me off the game. Right. Right. Um, and then taking what I also, you know, from what I understand, I like following soccer. I like following, um, uh, I like following, you know, the, the, the big event of the time, like of course, March madness is what, what I'm into right now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so that will inform how I handicap and then um, just how I understand betting and, and value and stuff like that. And this is where, this is where things like VEASAN and stuff like that really help out because they, because they look through that lens of sports betting, you really, you understand the value of three and seven in the NFL. You understand, um, you know, uh, you know, scalping and you may understand um, a line movement and what it means for a better and, and stuff like that. And so um, you can, you know, five or seven years ago, if someone, if I heard a better that I respected, even, even in a podcast say, Oh, I like Philly. Um, I would go into Philly and I would bet it not really realizing the line and move two two points out of my favor. Um, right. They liked I, it at a different number. Right. And, but now I understand that like, Oh, okay. They liked it. They liked it. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's only two and a half now. Like the value has gone. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so that's how I use podcasts and social media in the sports betting world to, to really influence my betting is um, just the more information you can have, the more insight you can have, the more perspectives you can have, um, the more informed your betting could be. So long as you know how all that information should impact your betting. Um, and I don't uh, even even my most even the most res- the, the person I respect the most in sports betting I don't always bet something that they say they're on if I feel if I feel like I feel strongly enough the other way. Yeah. And again, not to sound like I agree with everything you're saying, but I completely do. And, and what podcasting or podcast in general were, was kind of how was a big driving force and kind of how I took the next step in this. Um, I have, you know, it's funny you say you're an adult. Um, again, I, I, I'm kind of single out here. I do my own thing. Um, and, uh, I can handicap all day long. So they're, they're kind of in, um, you know, they're always on in the background. And when I started this, my kind of goal was I wanted to listen and 
learn from everything and everybody. If you had an opinion and I hated it, I still wanted to know why you had that opinion. And that's why I go back to the why instead of the what the actual pick was. Um, so I downloaded every single po- sports gambling podcast that I could find and I would just listen to them for hours and hours. It's funny, whenever I have a podcast on and people are, you know, come to my house or, or it's on in the car, people always make fun of me because I listen to my podcast at like one and a half to two, two X speed because yeah. I would need to get through so many of them. You know, when I was at that point, when I was trying to, you know, basically be a sponge and just get all this information so rapidly. And it's a habit that I still have to this day. And it cracks me up when people always come over like, dude, how can you listen to that this fast? And it, to me, it's, it's just kind of normal at this point. Good. Yeah, I was, I was say with you know what's in the reason why you should diversify the types of information you're getting is look if you're really into analytics, awesome. You should it take you should review analytics as much as you can, but understand that's not the only way to get to to a conclusion, right? Right. Um, if you're really into analyzing like situations and schedules stuff, awesome. We should also understand analytics, right? Like you should also build your uh, consensus was the biggest thing I took away. And to say, you know, if, if an analytics podcast was on one side and then, you know, say a fundamentals podcast was on one side and then, you know, a scheduling podcast was on one side, that's when I kind of took the group consensus. And that's how I could kind of build, you know, a starting point when I was at that point again in my gambling career. Yeah. I mean, yeah, every, everything points to North. I'm not going to buck that right at at the very least. If you went into those podcasts feeling the other way, at the very least, it's going to take you off of uh, off a bet, and that's just just that's just as valuable, right? Because that's the one advantage that we have over the book is we don't have to bet everything while they have to post everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, sometimes just getting away from a bet is just as valuable as getting down on the on the right side. And of course, monetarily, you know, you can argue that obviously getting down the right side is better, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, uh, getting out of that situation that maybe you're, you don't feel right. Cause there's nothing worse than, than going and like, I feel this way, but everyday respect feel that way and trying to make that decision. And it's going to eat you alive when it's not the right side, right? It's, exactly. When you, when, yeah, when you, when you take your side, cause that's how you felt and the other side wins, you're going to, you'd be like, Oh, I should have listened to them. And the other way you should be like, Oh, I shouldn't have listened to them. Right. And so, um, yeah, staying off something is emotionally healthier. We'll say that. <laughs> I can believe again, man, uh, we echo the same sentiments. We're so lockstep in the, in kind of how we, we view podcasting, which I think is, is a, is a really good thing. Um, it's funny because one of the first podcasts, I don't even know if you remember this one. Do you remember, um, when CBS sports put out a podcast called the opening line? It had, uh, Nick, uh, Costas, Todd Furman, Adam Azer hosted it. I, um, I, I remember it happening. I don't think I listened to much of it. Yeah, that was one of my favorite apps, like f- absolutely favorite ones that they did along. Um, again, Sports Gambling Podcast was truly the first one that I found because I literally typed in Sports Gambling Podcast. And that's kind of how I got involved um, with the show and everything. Um, but the way that what I loved about them um, was it wasn't just picks. Um, it, they were kind of micro podcasts. They were maybe 20 minutes a day. Um, but they talked, you know, um, Game of Thrones. They talked, you know, kind of pop culture and kind of, you know, guy things that were going on at the time. And that's kind of where I think that. Uh, if you want to, you know, kind of a truly great, it depends on what you want to get out of it, right? If you want to be entertained, those are, you know, and you're looking to maybe get into the space. I think that that type of podcast is, is always going to be king. Um, you can't just survive on, on making picks and saying, you know, I like this, here's why, and, and be dry, you know, and this and that. I think that, I mean, do you prefer to be entertained or you, do you want just kind of information at you and business and move on? Man, I got to be entertained. Yeah, have I to agree. be. 
Right. Um, it, you know, and it goes and, and that's, that's where, um, podcasts are going to succeed is when, look, the best content you can create. And this is something I've learned in my career. The best content you can create is one that is both informative and entertaining. Mm-hmm. If you, if you can successfully do both of those, people are going to want to listen. Now, if you're entertaining, that may be just enough, but for sports betters, they need information. Right. Yep. Um, but even with sports betting, man, like listening to a baseball analytics show for an hour, <laughs> if, Watch there's track. Some, <laughs> right, if there's not some sort of, uh, I can only hear so many like weighted on base and XFIP numbers before I need some. Like, <laughs> oh, tell you don't me love hearing about Sierra for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like tell me, tell me a joke. Goodness. <laughs> I need something. And, and so, um, and the more, the more nerdy you can, the more nerdy you are as a listener about what they're talking about, the more obviously and more entertained you are because there will be like insider jokes that you'll pick up on. Yeah. But if you're sort of just sort of into it and, but it's, it's a little, little past you, that stuff can get kind of, uh, can get kind of uh, a little, little too in the weeds. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, I need to be entertained and a great example, like when Bill Krakenberger was on, um, was on VEASAN during the NFL, so, man, that guy was so like his, his commentary on things, the way he talked about being a professional, better, like little stuff. And then, and then they would go to Warren Sharp, who was very much like the analytics guy. And so you'd get like the hard information and the hard insight from Warren Sharp. And then they would go to Bill Krakenberger, who was, who was live in studio with, uh, uh, with Gil. And then like, he would be almost like a comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that, you know, being able to get, both of both of those are, uh, are are really good, and one of the reasons why um, uh, why I think um, well, I don't uh, man. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll do this. Um, so there's a podcast called Bet the Process, mm-hmm. and uh, with, with um, Rufus Jeff Peabody, Ma right? And, and Rufus Peabody. I honestly think one of the things that they struggle with is they're just not. It's entertaining just doesn't get there. Like I don't, yeah. I am not entertained listening to that show and that's nothing it's very analytics driven. And that's kind of, yeah. it's, it's dry. It's, it's very informative, but if you're not a pros exactly. pro, you're not going to get, you're not going to be entertained. I agree. Exactly. Rufus Peabody is fascinating in, in how successful he's been and how much he can, how much insight he can really provide on, on lines and numbers and analytics. Jeff Ma is, I mean, Fuck it. He beat Vegas, right? Like what's not, to, what's not to admire about that. Um, and then another person that understands the numbers and, and the, the process and everything, but um, you know, they, they do struggle, I think with an entertainment value and, and you know, this is sort of as a fan, I'm objectively speaking as a fan, um, you know, and, and that's where uh, look, those are two people that I admire that when I saw they had a podcast, I was excited and, uh, and I don't, I just don't listen to it anymore. I just, I couldn't find my, I would find myself like my mind wandering within like 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, with, with so many podcasts out there, you have to stick to the ones that you, t- you have time for. Right. And, and, and so the, the battle for my free time is usually won by that combination of entertainment and insight. Absolutely. And so what I wanted to do to kind of bring this back to the Inside Vegas theme of this is I want to talk about what seemingly every single podcast does now is they have basically make themselves an outlet for uh, odds makers or risk managers to come on and kind of talk about what is sharp and what isn't for, you know, um, Beating the book or VEASAN with Gil Alexander always has Chris Andrews on, you know, they have guesting the lines during the NFL season, which will um, basically Chris explains why he opened a line where he does. Uh, Bet the board with Todd Furman always has Dave Mason of Bet Online on. Um, and one that I'm, you know, the th- 
my kind of version for that for this podcast was to have Josh Applebaum of Sports Insights on to kind of talk about what was, you know, what the data shows of what was kind of square and sharp. But how do you feel that um, that that kind of outlet process has has it changed anything in having, you know, People always say, you know, well, what is, why does Dave Mason go on those shows and say what's square and what's sharp? You know, how does that help him or, or whatever? Um, do you feel that one, everything that those type of people are kind of saying is always true? Or is it, do you feel it maybe sometimes a little bit disingenuous or kind of how do you feel that those types of, you know, people that are working behind the counter coming on these better driven processes? I mean, for lack of a better term, these podcasts are out here to help, you know, their customers win money, which is not what they want to do. So how do you feel that that kind of cat and mouse game is, is kind of playing out? via podcast now i i really enjoy it i really enjoy the hearing from the people that are either behind the counter or in charge of these sports books um because i think it i think it makes it a little less intimidating and i think it makes it a little less like villain and hero Mm -hmm. in a little and a little bit more just competitive right human right Um, yeah and i i think that um you know and we you know, not to not to jerk off Gil too much on this show, but uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, Gil and I are good friends. We talk about it a lot, and in in w- watching, like he's he's there literally talking to Chris about a bet he's about to go make at his counter, right? Like they will talk about a um, what was it uh, last NBA playoffs? Um, they were talking about a prop bet for the Warriors to go sixteen and zero in the playoffs, and they talked about it, and then Chris agreed to it, and then the girl went and bet it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that you know that relationship. I think, uh, yeah, the bookmaker wants to get out ahead, and if that means that going against what you're betting is the case, then then yeah, that's in their best interest. But I don't think they necessarily they don't I don't think they necessarily want the individuals to suffer. They just want to get the better part of their of their side of the transaction. And so getting that inside, hearing more and look, the stories they have to tell, right? Because they have they have perspectives on sports betters that even sports betters don't have. Right. Um, you know, as far as behavior and what they do. I mean, listen to Chris Andrews tell stories is so funny. Um Jay Root, another person that I love hearing hearing from, as far as it goes from handle and, and bets they're taking and stuff like that. Um, going to the going to the the sharp and square commentary, if I may, because um, this is something that um, continues to like evolve in the sports betting space. That, but I don't think people really uh, really represent it well. Square and sharp is really originally and what it still should be about ha- yeah, getting the best of the number. I getting hate the term. best of the number. All that yes. being sharp means is you get the best of the number consistently. And that is it. It is the most misconstrued word in this industry next to yep. value. I cannot stand the word sharp anymore. I agree. Yep. So tell me about it. I mean, you hit it. I mean, that, that's it. <laughs> but, but like, um, you know, I, I don't get mad at people when I, when I hear them say like, oh, he's a sharp guy because th- that just tells me that you're saying that he knows how to get the best of the number, right? But mm-hmm. when you're telling me what a, what a sharp bet and what a square bet is when you're not talking about the number, you're not talking about being sharp or square, right? You're right. talking about pub, maybe you, you, at, at, at the very least, you may be talking about public and, and uh, I don't know what's the other, what's the other side of that that, that isn't also sharp, like... Um, Professional, like, like professional. Yeah. Public and professional. Um, but like if you're talking about one side being a square bet and one side being a sharp bet, but you're not talking about the numbers involved, you're not talking about sharp and square. You're talking mm. about 
professional mis- versus recreational. Yeah, exactly. Or or informed versus misinformed is probably bet, you know, it's it's bet size. Again, it goes back to me to selectivity and unit size. And when someone says, "Oh, uh, sh- you know, Chicago minus minus seven was sharp," uh, well, <laughs> no, Chicago minus seven was professional. There's a big difference if the line hasn't moved. Exactly. Like uh, Mayweather and uh, and McGregor. If you laid minus eight hundred on Mayweather, um, that was that was a that was a uh, right side bet that I, like mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would have disagreed that betting on Mayweather wasn't an informed wager. But if you bet it at minus eight hundred and someone else got it at minus five fifty, uh, they are the sharp better. Not regardless you. of bet size. Agree. Exactly. They are the sharp better. And that doesn't mean that you're not a good better. And it doesn't mean that you are a square better. Uh, I mean, maybe it makes you square better, but it doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean like they are the sharp better because of what they got the line at. And yep. yeah. And I, I definitely agree with value too, only because people don't know what they're saying when they're talking mm-hmm. about value. Um, there is there like value is one of the, one of the, key cogs in, in successfully sports betting. Um, but if you don't know why you have value, you can't what to do with it. Yep. Yeah. Or what to do with it. And this is something I admittedly, this is a, um, this is a challenge that I've had through my career as a sports better as a recreational sports better. But, um, the, over the time is I, I have struggled with being able to proportionately assess my value and how my bet size should, um, should adjust to that. And so a lot of times I don't adjust my bet size because I don't know how, or like, I, know, I know how, like you raise it, raise it, right? I'm, I'm going to make it seem like, <laughs> I'm, like I don't understand how to like bet more, but like, I don't, I don't know how to assess what the percentage of hedge exactly. should be for each round. Yeah. And so exactly. for anyone that doesn't understand kind of what we're talking about, I could give you a million to one that the Jets will win the AFC East last year. But if you just take my million to one and don't do anything with it, that's not value. There's no value in a losing ticket. The value comes with what you do with that ticket afterwards. Yes, exactly. I'll take that though. (laughs) (laughs) Are you offering that? I'll take that. I said last year, my friend. No, No, not not, not they're going to come anywhere close. But at a million, at a million to one, I still may even take take one in retrospect. Yeah, right. One dollar. It's actually five five dollar minimum bet. I learned that because the only reason I I know this because when I it's funny when I first got to Vegas, I wanted um, for my home office, I wanted a Las Vegas Knights uh, future ticket. just because it was the first team in Las Vegas you could ever bet on. Um, so I walked up and I was like, hey, I have a pretty stupid bet. Can I have $1 on the Las Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup? I, uh, they're like, well, the minimum is $5. So I have a $5 ticket at plus 10000 sitting in my in my uh, my home office. And if I had only actually placed a normal size wager on it, what it would be worth right now. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, you're, you're still... <laughs> I'm going to say... I mean, I would not be upset at having that number even at five bucks. Yeah, five um, to win five thousand or five to win five hundred. Sorry. Yeah, um, I think that uh, I like what you did there because this is this is something that I uh, that I tell people when you go to Vegas, especially if you're not someone who is really into sports betting and there's a novelty in betting. Um, make make the bets that you want to make, but if there's a bet that is somehow significant to you, like the, the event or the matchup or the win or whatever, um, bet that minimum amounts to get a ticket. 
to yeah. hold on to. Um, I made the mistake um, when, last year when I went, I had Chris Andrews made me an NWSL line and I bet it um, because it, the line was bad. So I, <laughs> I bet, <laughs> pulled all the cash out of my pocket. I was like <laughs> this. Um, but I made the then when I went up and then I cashed it and I was like, oh, I don't like I don't like I don't have any like proof of this. And and it was significant to me because I can't imagine that there's been many other times where the National Women's Soccer League has been wagered on in mm-hmm. the state of Nevada. And so um I I was just I should have I should have done what you did um, and and it is what I do now or I think to do now that if I think a, if I think an event is significant um, I I will put the minimum wager bet on so I can like I have a ticket as a souvenir. Yeah, you can take a picture of it too. That's what I did. Um, my first bet, you know, every restaurant kind of has like their first dollar that they made like up on the wall. That's what I wanted um, as fine of mine. So I literally have a um, $50 ticket. I'll read it right to you now off the side of my office. Event date, 6-15-2015. Uh, Mets first five innings. Locke versus Noah Syndergaard, minus 190. Money line bet cost $50, pays 76.30. And that was, I wanted like something that was, you know, I wanted to literally make my first, you know, very low size dollar wager and put that up on my wall. So sentimental tickets are a very real thing. And I have it blown up. It's one of my absolute favorite pieces of, of things that I have in my whole um, house and office. But um, yeah. yeah, if you, if you're, again, you don't have to be super sentimental. It's just kind of cool things that you can do. And again, take a picture of it. You can have it framed and blown up for, for very cheap. Now, now that we've gotten completely off topic. Oh, uh, I, 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 I can sit around talking about this stuff all day. <laughs> I was in, uh, I was in Scotland last year and you know, the UK has legalized sports betting. And so um, sure enough, I, I went up and I went to a, a William Hill and they had lines for the NWSL. And if you're not, if you're not catching the trend, yes, I, I follow and enjoy betting on women's soccer. Um, and they didn't have it in their system. Like I could, I saw the lines on their, on their website, but they're little, their kiosk there. And by the way, the, the bet, the sports betting kiosk in the UK are like vending machines for degener- degenerates. It's, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> And I they, and so I went up to the counter and she made a phone call and she just wrote them down on a t- hand writ- wrote them, photocopied them and boom that was my ticket. And after so being awesome. so yeah, and after being so used to like America like having a uh, an official printout or an official wager on an app or something like that, it was so awesome just the casualness of like writing down you know North Carolina Courage minus one ninety five and like and I, boom that was my ticket and sure enough I came the next day cashed it and everything everything was great it was. Uh, it was, that was a fun experience. Absolutely, bro. All right, man. We, we got off totally off topic and I absolutely love it, but I want you to plug your new podcast because I think it's an absolutely great venture. So go ahead. Uh, tell me about The Better Life. Yeah, thank you. So the, the Better Life is uh, is still in its infancy, but growing rapidly. I'm, I'm very uh, I'm, I'm humbled by the, the warm welcome and the support that it's gotten. Uh, it's, a, it's a podcast for betters and gamblers uh, all around. We, we talked to... Um, we talk to sports betters. We talk to recreational gambler, gamblers that just enjoy the casino life. Uh, poker players are, are on the horizon. And, uh, you know, I talked to them about how they got introduced to gambling, their first endeavors in betting, um, where they like playing, how, you know, what their approach is to their game. Uh, and we, you know, some other, we play some other fun games with, with questions on, you know, like bet your life on it and stuff like that. And um, it's really, it's, it's a podcast that's meant to, uh, be for gamblers about gambling. And, and, and oddly enough, I have found that this space cannot get enough of that. So, um, I'm contributing and, um, you know, in, in the, uh, a lot of great guests in the lineup and I'm, I'm even looking to, uh, 
one of the reasons why I love podcasting is getting a chance to talk to people that wouldn't normally somehow if I'm like, Hey, I want to talk to you. They don't have time to, but like, Hey, I want to have my podcast. And now all of a sudden they're interested. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, I grew up really admiring like some big poker players, stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, down the line to, to really, uh, to bring in some, some bigger and more recognizable names. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it. You can find it on Stitcher and iTunes right now. The better life. What the, oh, if you're not catching on better life is in like <laughs> better yeah. B O T T. Exactly. All right. So finally find the podcast in iTunes and what is the Twitter handle for it? The better life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope uh, everyone goes and checks out that podcast again. It's absolutely awesome. Great guests. And I'm sure great things coming from you with that podcast and, and congratulations. And, and I hope wish you all the best in this space, man. I hope I, I know you're going to do very well in it. Um, so again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.